If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I encourage you this morning to take notes. We're going to be going through quite a bit of scripture and quite a bit of information that I need you to grasp this morning. So take notes. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3. Paul says these words to Timothy and he says, You must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I titled this message this morning, The Good Soldier. You see, as Paul neared the end of his life, he found himself suffering in a Roman prison. From that prison cell, Paul took steps to ensure that he would be remembered as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so what did he do? He wrote to young Timothy and gave Timothy the tools that he would need to also be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And how many know that's so key, amen, to teach others? We all have the ability to teach someone else. We can teach them, we can teach them um, by mistakes that we have made to keep them from making the same mistake, can't we? How many of you want to spare someone else from making the same mistake that you've made in your lives? Then start teaching someone. Take someone under your wings and guide them as Paul took Timothy. And Paul said, Timothy, here are the tools. Here are the resources that you are going to need to be a good soldier, to be successful. God has called us each, I believe, to be a teacher to someone. To be a teacher. To leave a legacy of that which your life consisted of. So that it would keep moving on and moving forward. You see now, we can't even get into any of the steps of being a good soldier until we first do this. And that is this. We must enlist. Say it with me. We must enlist. Jesus speaks in John 3, 3, and he says this. He says, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What was Jesus saying? He's saying, first and foremost, you need to join the army of God. You need to join. You know, maybe we have some, maybe, I, I don't know if we have some church kids in here. Maybe you feel like you got drafted. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're in the same boat that I was. Man, I didn't join any army. I got drafted. I got forced. <laughs> no one gave me a choice. You know what that draft means, right? The draft means that if you are able to fight, then you are going to fight. Ooh, that's good. That's good because some people might run from drafts. 
Unless it's the NBA draft, <laughs> then you're like, I'm all for it. But what it simply means is that you are able to fight. Because they do a set of tests first to make sure that that person is capable. And if you pass that test, that means that you are able to fight for your country. See, it's a blessed thing to be drafted, isn't it? But we all must join the army of God. No one can be a soldier for the Lord until he joins God's army. Yes, God will use anybody or anything to accomplish his work. The Bible even says that he will use a rock to sing his praises. But does that mean that that rock is part of God's army? I don't think so. I think God still uses people. But what God is saying is that I can do anything. Nothing is going to stop my praises from going up. Nothing is going to stop it. Because I'll even use a rock. See, joining God's army is accomplished only, only through receiving Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It's the only way you get to join the army of God. Even if you feel like you were drafted, at some point you have to join and you have to enlist into the army of God. See, I don't find myself still today looking as or, or, or viewing myself as someone who was only drafted. No, I joined the army of God. I joined by my own free will. God didn't force me. He didn't force me to serve him. I chose this. And you have chose this as well. The Bible says that we must declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Then and only then will you be part of the army of God. This morning, we're going to be looking at some qualities of a good soldier. We know that first and foremost, we need to enlist. There's no other way around it. But let's look this morning at a few qualities that we find in a good soldier. Number one is that he is a follower. Now don't confuse this because this doesn't mean that he is a follower of the world, but he is a follower of the word. And who is the word? Jesus Christ. I was so blessed to be able to speak to our youth this past Friday and to share with them that God has not called them to be followers of the world. God has called them to go against the flow. I remember back in, you know, when I, when I was growing up, they had these stickers that said, go against the flow, and you would put them on your vehicle. And it was, it was, it was a sticker of, of, uh, of that fish. Every fish was going one way, and the one fish was going the other way. And I remember that, go against the flow. And that always stuck with me. Why? Because God has called us to something special. He calls those who listen. Mm. Because God is calling, amen? How many of you believe that God is calling? 
He is calling. Every day he is calling. But it takes the individual who's going to listen. And as we listen, we can fulfill our purpose that God has given to us. See, as a follower of Christ, the good soldier understands rank and authority. And he submits. In the Bible, did you know that Jesus gave the greatest compliment in the Bible to a soldier? Some of you may be thinking, what are you talking about? Well, do you remember the story of the Roman officer that both Matthew and Luke record in the Bible? It says that the Roman officer came to Jesus looking for healing for his young servant. The young servant was at home, not there at the time. The Roman officer looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, just speak the words. You remember that? Yes. Just speak the word, and I know that he will be healed. Why? He says, because I understand the law of authority. I understand how this works because I have, I have those that are over me and I have those that are under me. And I know that if I ask those who are under me to do something, they will do it. He says, I understand the law of authority. And both Matthew and Luke record in their books that Jesus was amazed. They both say it. Jesus was amazed. And Jesus tells the Roman officer, he says, I have never seen such faith in all of Israel. What a compliment to come from our Lord I haven't seen such faith in all of Israel. Then this Roman officer displayed that very day. Why? Because he understood rank and authority. You couldn't just backtalk to your superior. You know, I'm sure if, you're, if you were in the military... You couldn't just disregard orders. I'm sure you would be dishonorably discharged if you did something like that. We too must understand the law of authority and its power. Not only does the good soldier submit himself unto God himself, but he also submits himself under those that God has placed over him in this world. Look at what the Bible says in Romans 13.1. It says, everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority, the Bible says, comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Mm. That's, a, that's a tough pill to swallow, isn't it? Isn't it? 
when you think about your place of employment and you think about who's in charge, maybe you have some, some superiors that you feel don't, they have no business being in those positions. I'm sure you could think of people. Hopefully no one here. We have great leaders here. Wonderful leaders and pastors here. So blessed. But in the secular world, we see it all the time. That that kind of leadership goes completely against the word of God. When it comes to leading by example, it's the furthest thing from the truth, isn't it? They don't lead by example. Why? Maybe because there isn't that relationship with God. There isn't that understanding of what a leader needs to be and what a leader looks like. But it is our job to submit ourselves unto their authority. Because the Bible says God has placed them there over our lives. Understanding how to be a follower as God has called us to be as we follow him. See, in the Lord's army, we have the obligation of obeying his orders even unto death. The call of Christ has not changed. Remember Jesus' words in Matthew 16, 24, and when he said this, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. You must also Take up your cross. What was a cross meant for? Anyone? What was the cross meant for? Death. He says, take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. See, God didn't promise and easy road for you and I to follow him. It's not going to be an easy road. It's going to be tough. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be, there's gonna be uh, uh, things that try to distract you along the path. But God promises that he is there with us. He promises to comfort us. Amen? He, promise, he promises us to strengthen us. He promises us that he will guide us if we just listen to his voice he promises us that He will never leave us nor forsake us, doesn't He? See, we must follow our Lord no matter what. Not only is a good soldier a follower of God, but He is faithful. Number two is He is faithful. See, a good soldier realizes that there will be trouble along the way and is not deterred by them. He understands that pain is often part of the experience of being a Christ follower. But the good soldier remembers what his Lord says in John 16.33 when he says, Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. See, the good soldier has no higher goal than pleasing his superior. 
The good soldier knows that anything that interferes with his performance must be eliminated. Those distractions in our lives, church, this is what this is. Those things that try to get us off course, those things must be eliminated if we are to move forward. You don't need them. They're not going to help you in any way. They're going to harm you. See, the good soldier wants to please his superior, and he does whatever he has to do to get that job done. You see, pleasing Jesus ought to be the first priority of every child of God. First and foremost, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, it doesn't matter what the work is, work as unto the Lord. As we are going to get into our new series this, these, uh, uh, in, in June for our Wednesday sermon series. Whatever you do, you work as unto the Lord. See, a good soldier knows the commander's voice. John 10, verse 3 and 5 says the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. They won't follow a stranger, the Bible says. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. So I ask you this morning, do you know when God speaks? Do you recognize his voice? See, one way to get more familiar with the Lord's voice is to spend more time listening to it. What do I mean? How about reading his word? God has given us his word. Each and every one of you, I'm sure, has a Bible. That's God's word for your life, his direction. And if you want to understand God's voice more in your life, then you need to spend more time listening to it. You see, God's word always brings peace. That's why I love his word. It always brings peace in my life. If, I, if, if I'm going through something difficult, I can, I can turn to the word of God and I will receive his peace. Why? Because that's what his words do. God's words bring life. Not death. Not condemnation. Not guilt. They bring freedom. They bring liberty. They bring life. They bring hope. They bring a future. Paul says this. He says, His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. How many of you want God's peace guarding your heart and mind? Oh, man. We need it more than ever. See, a good soldier is a follower. He is faithful. He is also a fighter. A good soldier remembers the words of Paul when he wrote this in Ephesians 6, verse 12. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness. See, many of us might think that the battle is between us and someone else in church. If that's what you think, you are fighting the wrong battle. If, wow, if that's what you think, then guess what? There's going to be some destruction. Some destruction that you did not want to happen when you have man fighting man. Thinking that this battle is between flesh and blood. You have a whole lot of confusion in this place when that takes place. God, help us to remember who our true enemy is. It's not that person sitting next to you. That's not your enemy. That is, that is the person who is supposed to help get you through it. But this is what the enemy does. The enemy starts to get you to fight your own friends. That's what the enemy does. And you have to see it for what it is. Because the battle, as the Bible says, is not against flesh and blood. So the next time you find yourself getting mad at somebody, you know you're not thinking right. You know the enemy is trying to confuse you. Because there is more to it. There is spiritual warfare taking place. And the enemy wants to draw attention from him and put it on someone else. God help us. You guys are getting some good nuggets this morning. See, you and I must learn, we must learn the art of spiritual warfare if we intend to succeed for the glory of the Lord. What does the Bible tell us to put on? The belt of truth. Remember that? Remember the belt of truth? Maybe it had a gulp a few sizes, but that's okay. <laughs> that belt is universal. Thank, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. The breastplate of righteousness. The shoes of peace. Oh, thank God for the shoes of peace. Whew. The shield of faith. How about that one? Oh, that's a good one there. The helmet of salvation. You need to protect your mind. You need to protect your thoughts. How, could, how can I have good thoughts all the time? Ask God to help you. Ask God to cleanse you. Start putting in the word of God. And he says, in the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But Paul continues, and he, and he mentions one more thing. You're like, what? This is not one more thing. He says this. He says, always pray. Always pray. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you need to always pray. See, the good soldier knows that the enemy is, is ever active and never rest. As Peter writes in 1 Peter 5, 8, he says he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That's the enemy you're facing. 
That's the enemy that tries to, that tries to attack you even in your sleep. Lying devil. That's my sleep. You can't take it from me. You need to, you need to take back your, 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 your peaceful sleep, amen? You need to take it back. How do you do that before you sleep? You pray. You pray over your sleep. Man, I, I, I love my, my, my interrupted sleep. You can't wake me up. You can throw, you can, I, I don't, you can do whatever you want. You can't wake me up. It takes an act of God. <laughs> I've slept through everything. But that's God's peace. Because <laughs> when I was a kid, I couldn't sleep. See, but God gave me his peace, and everything changed since then. If you find yourself having a hard time sleeping, amen, you need to start praying. See, even though the enemy roars or prowls around like a roaring lion, the good soldier knows that the Lord is there to help him. As his word says in Hebrews 13, 5, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He knows that greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in this world. The good soldier knows that. And that brings him great comfort. It brings him great peace. See, the good soldier not only cares about his own welfare, but he also looks out for the welfare of his fellow soldiers. Paul writes in Galatians 6.2, and he says, share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, you will find yourself obeying the law of Christ. See, the body of Christ only functions, it functions only when the members work together for the common good. That's the only way it functions, church, when you and I work together. Do you know someone who needs help? Can you think of someone who needs some encouragement? How about let's try to, to, to help someone to take burdens and weights off of their life instead of putting more on. How about that? How about seeing what you can do for someone else to lighten their load instead of putting more on them? See, a good soldier is a fighter. And lastly here, a good soldier is a finisher. He does not run from a fight. He stands his ground and fights until the battle is over. The good soldier is in the battle to the finish. Are you this morning? Are you in the battle till the finish? Or do you find yourself one battle away from leaving? Do you find yourself just one church service away from calling it quits? I remember a time in my life when I felt like walking away from the battle. 
The enemy was lying to me that it would be easier just to leave. You don't have to, you don't have to deal with all these things. Just walk away. You know, I challenge you this morning to keep serving and keep fighting. Stay in the battle. Don't quit. I challenge you to stand firm. I want to look at three verses here. Write these down. They're very important. First one is 2 Chronicles 20, verse 17. Now, they're going to they're gonna show on the screen one by one, but let me give you the verses before we read them. The first one is 2 Chronicles 20, verse 17. The second verse is Luke 21, 19. The third verse is Ephesians 6, 11. Let's look at the first verse in 2 Chronicles. It says this, it says, and, and this is where the, where the Spirit of the Lord spoke through one of the men to speak to King Jehoshaphat. And he says this, he says, you will not have to fight this battle. He says, take your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. All right? Now let's go to verse 2. Because some of you may be thinking right now, well, how do I stand firm? Let's look at Luke 21, 19. Here we find Jesus talking to the disciples about the coming destruction of the temple that was built by Ezra. And he tells the disciples that they will face great persecution during this time. And he tells them this. He says, stand firm. This is Jesus speaking. Stand firm and you will win life. All right, so listen, because we have one more verse. We're not done. In 2 Chronicles, the Spirit of the Lord tells King Jehoshaphat, stand firm, and you will not even have to fight this battle, but you will win. Jesus tells his disciples, now we find in the book of Luke, he says, stand firm, and you will win life. Isn't this crazy? Now check this out. Look at the third verse here. Ephesians 6.11, Paul writes this, and he says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able, check this out, to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Maybe you are wondering, how do I do it? You put on the armor of God. You put on the belt of truth. You put on that breastplate of righteousness. You put on the shoes of peace. You, you carry that shield of faith. You put on the helmet of salvation. And you carry the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And you keep praying. You keep praying. And you will stand firm as God has called you to stand. And God... I believe God's telling you right now, the battle is yours. The battle is yours. The battle is already won. You are going to walk in victory if you would just stand firm. You don't even have to do anything. When I hear stand firm, what that says to me is keep your post, stand your ground. Don't move. 
When I hear stand firm, I don't, I don't picture people going into battle and fighting one another. I hear someone standing like a, like a soldier, like a warrior, and he's waiting for God's direction, but he's just standing firm. He's keeping his post, and the enemy is right there facing him and trying to take over what is behind him, but he's standing firm because he is not allowing the enemy to get past him. What does that look like, parent? That means stand firm over your house. Stand firm over your children. Enemy, you are not going to take my children because I am standing firm. Church, God has given us power. He's given you and I power to defeat the enemy and the lies that he tries to throw at us. Those, 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 those arrows that are lies as, as we, as we uh, use our shield of faith to protect those lies from hitting us. As the worship team comes forward this morning, the good soldier is always dedicated. He dedicates himself to keeping his oath. He is determined to live for the Lord no matter what the cost. The good soldier keeps the faith. How does he keep it? Well, he keeps it by living it. Mm. He keeps the faith by living it. He also keeps it by sharing it. You share your faith, you're going to keep it. You tell others about what God has done in your life, amen? Guess what? Your faith is going to be strengthened. And he also keeps it by defending it. See, he does everything in his power to keep it pure and undefiled. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Not only is he dedicated, but he is determined. The good soldier is in it for the long haul. Why? Because he's a finisher. He's a finisher. He doesn't quit. He doesn't quit at the first hint of trouble. He endures hardship. He is determined to succeed. See, the good soldier finishes his course because he knows that at the end of the battle, every deed will be rewarded by the commander-in-chief. For those who stay in the battle, there will be a glad day of blessing. And they will hear these words of our Lord. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You finished. I know it was tough. I know there were times when you felt like throwing in the towel, but you finished. I'm so glad you didn't quit. 
I'm so excited that you kept your eyes on me. That you didn't allow the distractions to take you out of the battle. And now, son, daughter, here is your blessing. Here is your blessing. It's all for you. Everything was all for you. That's all I wanted everyone to know was that it was all for them. Many thought that I was a, that, that I was a mean God, that I was an unloving God. But you see today that I am so full of love. That all I wanted was to live forever with you. Church, I want to be a good soldier. God wants you to be a good soldier this morning. He is calling you. He is calling you. He is calling you. That is his voice calling you to do more, to reach more to encourage more, to allow God to use your life to strengthen others, to teach, just as Paul taught Timothy. We are blessed because God has given us the resources to do so. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.